ESPN Tucson. 1490 AM KFFN Tucson. KMXZ HD4 Tucson. An Arizona Lotus Core radio station. Wrangler, CJs, Cherokees, Grand Cherokees. Hi, I'm Jerry Simmons of Simmons 4 Before Automotive Service Center. If you're a Jeep owner, we speak your language. We've been maintaining Jeeps since 1974. Broken drive shafts, death wobbles, transfer cases, four-wheel drives that don't work proper. Been there, done that, and got the T-shirt. Before you head out to the desert again, let the Jeep pros at Simmons 4 Before Automotive Service Center check it out. 884-0217. We've been jeeping it since 1974. Simmons 4 Before Automotive Service Center has been serving Tucson and Southern Arizona since 1974. We service and repair Dad's 4 Before, including light diesels, Mom's Cadillac, and Junior's Hot Rod. We believe in evidence-based diagnostics. Find it, then fix it. Today's vehicles are primarily controlled by onboard computers. They control everything from ride quality to engine and transmission performance. What they don't control is proper maintenance. That's up to you. Call us at Simmons 884-0217 or visit our website at Simmons Auto. The views and opinions on this show do not necessarily reflect the views of ESPN Tucson 1490 and 104.9 FM or the Arizona Lotus Corporation. Got car trouble? Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Welcome back to the second hour of the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show right here on ESPNTucson.com. 1490 AM only. We're no longer on 104.9 FM. We're not on 104.9 FM. We're on 1490 AM. I'm Jerry Simmons, your host. Along riding shotgun with me is my buddy and owner of Frontier Towing, Jim Mooney, co-host. Good morning again, Jim. Good morning, Jerry. How's it going? I got everybody. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Remember, I'll repeat it like I did the first hour. Today's Super Safe Saturdays. I'm on the radio. That means slow down and move over. Turn on your headlights. We discussed that in the last hour. Uh, watch for bicycles and pedestrians. No texting and driving. No drinking and driving. Um, use a little, you know, pay attention to the to the roadways out there. When you're working on your cars, because I know we are, it's going to be, hopefully it'll be a pretty nice day. Not raining anyways. Uh, jack stands if you're jacking the car up and taking the tires off. Hood props if you're working underneath so that you don't have that, you don't have that nice mark in the back of your head from the hood falling on it. So that's, I think that's where, I think that's where mine's from, from the hood falling on my head. <laughs> Safety glasses. Um, <laughs> if you're working with the vehicle engine running and no long, no long, what did we go over the other day was no long shirt sleeves and no, no, uh, no neckties. If you're out there working on your car with your necktie on, you don't want to be doing that with the engine running. Um, and disconnect your batteries. No, ah, long hair. You know that. And surprisingly, that's uh. So if you have long hair, tuck it up, put it in your shirt, or put a hat on. It's a, that's that's a very very good point. Um, because uh, you know, for, um, for the ladies out there that are working on our cars, yeah, put your hair up, because you don't. Uh, Absolutely. It can, it, that'll wreak havoc. That'll wreak havoc on you. Um, disconnect your batteries if you're working on your electrical system, so you don't short something out, including yourself. Um, don't want to, don't want to, you don't want to be, you don't want to melt, you don't want to put the battery in wrong and cross it over and short out however many vehicle computers there are on a car today, but there's a bunch and they don't like, they don't like backward power. At least that's the ones I tried don't, so. Absolutely. Other than Uh, than that. We're ready for the second hour. 
We're ready for the second All right. All right. A few things that we covered on the first hour that's worth repeating is one is the life of a spark plug. For the ones of you that don't realize uh, whether or not your spark plugs are wearing out or have any idea about a spark plug, uh, that the average life of the spark plug is based, you know, they run, they fire spark 27.5 million times to 110 million times during the life of the spark plug. Each time it fires, it vaporizes a few molecules off the spark plug, electrodes. The results is low fuel economy, check engine light may come on, decreased performance, rough idle, and a misfire. Uh, so that's the reason you, you, uh, the, the cars are run a lot better than they used to. You have computers that override little issues. And, but spark plugs, they say, well, they last 100,000 miles. Yeah, they will if all the conditions are perfect. And if it's, as, as one of the articles I read said, land of Oz, which it means that the, the atmosphere is perfect, the driving surface is perfect, the weather's perfect, then, you know, they last a little bit longer. But when they start going out, uh, you need to have them checked. Try to get them changed out or get them checked and removed before they have an, uh, a opportunity to build up additional resistance that takes out all of the little um, brain boxes that's sitting on top of the spark plugs now because you, then you wind up changing a lot of extra stuff that you really didn't want to do and built up resistance in the plug creates havoc on your firing system. So just pay attention to that. And then Tesla recalled all of the self-driving cars, and they require a software update. Now, part of the article in there, I remember, said uh, they're having a problem seeing people walk across the road in front of the car. Well, people don't walk across the road in front of the car, and you'll solve that problem. But jaywalkers or people who go into a walk before the light changes to walk and you know make sure that you're watching the vehicles around you and don't step out in front of these cars whether it be autonomous drivers or uh, a person sitting behind the wheels and at night when you're walking out from like a walmart over to corner of speedway and uh cold road be careful going through that big intersection when you're walking make sure that you know you have some kind of a reflective type jacket or uh, uh, carrying envelope with you is reflective or something to let people know that you're walking across there because the light's not that good and when you're driving around that corner and you have the right of way you think and somebody has just decided well i don't want to wait for the green hand to show up i'm just going to walk across a lot of people get hurt that way and it's, it can be avoided but you got to make you have to pay attention on it also, uh, the battery technology is improving. Now they're getting sensors put on the battery that reports to the computer, that reports to you, shows up on the dash. And that is to predict when the, uh, the glass mat, absorbed glass mat batteries, AGM batteries. Uh, Connect batteries provided real-time updates and battery cell life and can even predict when failure will occur. That's only on the AGM batteries on the late model stuff that won't even be out till this year, late this year. 
And when that comes out, that'll help a lot of people uh, determine whether or not a battery, how much life they got in it, instead of going into a shopping center and then have to call Frontier Towing to come and get you. But they haven't got the technology yet for the regular batteries that we know. Uh, they haven't got that technology yet. They are working on it. They just haven't managed to come up with it. Uh, remember, electric vehicles do need maintenance. They've got fluid in them. They got brake fluid. They got most of them's got power steering fluid, and they got coolant, and some cases transmission fluid. So that has a service interval on them. You have to really pay attention to it. Stay on top of this because when they go out, they're very expensive. Uh, one in five vehicles drive in the land of Oz. That's one out of five only. Land of Oz is perfect driving conditions, absolutely perfect. No water, no excessive heat, no excessive cold, no dust storms. It's perfect. One in five, that means the person that keeps it in their garage all year long and goes to the grocery store maybe once a month um, and in perfect weather with 72 degrees out. Um, uh, hydrogen, hydrogen vehicles. This, like I said, this was discussed last hour, but everybody's not a last hour listener. 56,000 hydrogen vehicles sold by the end of 2022. More than half of them were sold in Korea. Toyota makes one. Hyundai makes one. And Korea has a couple of others up in northern Korea. But uh, that is coming along. They have the same infrastructure problem that electric vehicles do. They don't have hydrogen stations where you can pull them up and fill them up like you're supposed to. Uh, they do now. They're getting better. I mean, they have them over in Korea and uh, Japan, and they're building stuff, uh, and they're not going wild and crazy until they have the infrastructure, and the infrastructure is, in pro is being put in process of having them so that you can fill up these vehicles. But it's a clean burn, and so automotive engineering is still moving along and there's more than one way to skin a cat as they say and it's uh it's with hydrogen and uh, a lot of hydrogen sales uh so it's it's on the way uh i mentioned to the do-it-yourselfers uh same ones that go down to merle's on a saturday and have a brake drums changed and the flywheels uh surface and they rotor surface, that would be at Merle's at uh, 15 West Ajo. And uh, you can get that done. They are open from 8 to 5 on Saturday. They're open from 7 to 6, Monday through Friday. So you can get that. All Merle locations are open 7 to 6 and 8 to 5 now. So Merle's can take care of that for you. And you, that's for you do-it-yourselfers. The other do-it-yourselfers is flushing radiators. That's something we used to be able to do all the time. You'd flush a radiator out. And at that time, they didn't have out on the farm and uh, some of the way out in the country when you're changing the radiator fluid, you'll drain it out. And then you'll put brand-new fluid in it. 50-50 mixture will get you through just about anything in the country. Uh, if you go over uh, about a, I think it was 75, 25, 75 antifreeze, 25 uh, water, uh, it's not as effective and it wouldn't, it won't work as well as the 50-50. Uh, 
but don't use anything but distilled water in the radiators when you flush them here in Tucson or around the country where you've got access to distilled water. Because if you do, you're going to have to be flushing it more often. Uh, it's recommended uh, two-year 24,000 on some of your trucks, uh, three years 36,000 on some of your cars. Uh, and some of the cars have lifetime antifreeze in them. They said you don't have to change them. I'd change it at about 60,000, and then it'd again at about 60,000 because I have seen what happened when a 150,000-mile antifreeze comes out of a car and the damage that's left in, internally on your uh, thermostats, water pumps. It, the fluid wears out. You lose the additives in the fluid. That's what wears out. The fluid sticks around, but the additives and stuff corrode, you have debris that's floating in there that causes problems, so just get in the habit of flushing that radiator and you won't have to replace them like we've seen. Radiators are no longer inexpensive. And by the way, on radiators, you get what you pay for. If you order a $119 radiator off Amazon and get it in, that's exactly what you've got is a $119 radiator. You change the fluid in it every two years regardless and you use distilled water, and you use a 50-50 mixture of antifreeze, the same antifreeze that it calls for from the factory. You can even use the red that goes in General Motors as long as you change it uh, at uh, 24 months in increments, 20, 24 months, two years, 24 months uh, on the antifreeze, and you'll stay pretty happy. It's, it's not that expensive to do, and it prevents you buying a radiator. It prevents uh, water pumps going out prematurely thermostat sticking prematurely and all the crud that gets inside the engine that affects the ability of the engine to actually cool and dissipate heat out through the sides of the blocks. So, and then we got the weather. Jim mentioned the weather a while ago. Well, it's nice out there right now. You know, it's going to be up to about 70 degrees today. And that is not going to last because next week it's going to start to rain again. We got the 24 percenters and the 22 percent, the 17 percent, and 30 percent chance of rain next week. So it'll be a little rainy. Have you changed your wiper blades lately? And I keep saying, have you changed your wiper blades lately? Because I find out that if you're running inexpensive wiper blades, they're good on the high end about six months unless you don't drive that much and you park inside a closed garage, then they'll stick around a while. But for the normal uh, windshield wiper blade replacement, they say about twice a year is normal. Once a year is almost mandatory. So, you know, they, they lose their ability to hold a sharp edge. They roll up on the side. Then you turn the wiper blades on, and all you got is a stick of wood going across a windshield. That's trying to knock water off because it has no way to grip the window and make good contact to swipe the water away. So if you haven't changed your wiper blades, it is going to rain again next week. And uh, the dirt and stuff that you're going to be raking across your wiper blade, you know, I mean window by the wiper blade, needs to have a good contact point to the windshield wiper so that the first sweep gets the dirt and stuff off of it. And the round end on the wiper blades that roll over when they've been sitting there a long time, all they do is they pick up the dirt 
on the flat side of that wiper blade, and they scrape your windshield with it. So it's it's like having sandblaster go through and clean your windshield, and that's not that don't work that well. So keep them keep them right. All right, what else you got? You want to say on that, Jim? Oh, it's the on your on your spark plugs. You were talking about the spark plugs, you know, uh, lasting. Yep. In in the in the land of Oz, you know, um, the land of Oz is is, is a wonderful place to. <laughs> we, we nobody ever gets to live there for a for a very long time. You know, um, we talk about you know maintenance all the time um, of you know oil changes and things like that. You know, and typically when we're talking about them, we're talking about changing oil or, you know, changing fluids because, you know, the oil gets dirty and it can wear your motor out. But by the same token, the the, the dirty oil can have an effect on your spark plugs, which makes them work harder, which has an effect on the coils because they it takes the, the oil gets into the engine combustion chamber and it, and it coats the... the the plug and it leaves a residue on it, which makes the resistance go up, which makes the coil work harder. And when you're talking about iridium spark plugs, you know, which are what $25 a piece, $30 a piece. Um, yeah, I know they're supposed to go 100,000 miles, but they don't go 100,000 miles with when you, if you've never changed your oil, because they, they get fouled out. It's like an old spark plug used to get gas fouled out. You know, we used to see that all the time. Carburetor flooded, the spark plug flooded, got gas fouled, it won't work. I can't tell you how many champion spark plugs I'd replaced that got gas valve. And auto lights and ACs in the old days, the old copper plugs. Today's plugs, the platinum and the iridiums are better because of the, of the design, but they're not impervious to lack of maintenance. So, you know, four at, at 25 is 100. That's, you know, and, and you want to prematurely have to change those. So it goes it goes a long way. And then... Like you just said, the cooling system, you know, we, you know, flushing the cooling system out, changing your, your cooling is, is critical because it, um, it keeps the, the temperature, it, it keeps the, the temperature down in the car, which again goes back to making sure the plug lasts longer, making sure the coil lasts longer. Um, and I could tell you that coils for a car, what are they? They're, they're 60 to $150 a piece. Yeah, buy a set of six of those at a hundred dollars piece. That's six hundred dollars, and because because the spark plug got dirty, increased resistance, longer dwell time on the on the coil cycle makes the coil work harder and it burns out. And I can't tell you how many Ford coils I've changed because I've done bunches of them. Um, so it's it's the little things that go a long long ways to helping you keep that thing going. I mean, yes, you're going to have to change your spark plugs, just like you have to change your air filter. But all that, every one of those little components is key to the overall success of your vehicle. And not everything is going to work perfect, but, you, you know, if you can avoid changing $25 spark plugs for a year, that's a big deal. I mean, if, they, if, they, if they're going to go, versus changing at forty or 50,000 miles, they go to 80,000 miles, that's... That's a huge deal. I mean, do you want to go change your spark plugs? And we're not just talking about the cost of the plug. You know, how often, Jerry, do you see that the, 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 the spark plug change requires intake manifold removal? And now you need an intake manifold gasket. It'll pull the plenum off, which is not exorbitantly right. difficult. But it takes, it's quite a bit of work. 
pull the plenum off so you can get to the back set of the plug, so you can get the coils out, uh, so you can pry the coils out of the plug, Then you, so you can get the coils out. You know, that's it's not like you can just reach in there and grab them and take 10 seconds. It's a pretty involved little job. So well, it's not... It's, it's not like it used to be. It's not like it's not it like used, it used to, to be. be. And yeah, when, and, and, you know, you say, okay, I, I need the spark plug changed, you go in to have a spark plug changed. And I walked out through the garage and had the hood up. I said, what are you doing, cylinder head gaskets? He said, no, changing spark plugs. That's how far he had to tear that engine down. <laughs> All he'd had to done was pull the two valve covers, and he could have pulled the heads off. That's how far down that engine was broken down. And I'm going, oh, my right. gosh, oh, my gosh. So it's do- no longer an easy job. Right, and and what is that? Just to do the tune-up, the tune-up, the tip, the, the you know the the stereotypical tune-up. I'm changing the spark plugs because somebody didn't bother to do a little bit of maintenance work and change their oil and change their coolant and change their air filters. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, they're going to fail eventually, but man, it's that's and and that tune-up is you know we're we're talking a minimum of a hundred dollars in just the spark plugs. Well. You know, oh, yeah. here's the thing. Oh, how old are the coils? Do you want to put one in while we're here? Or do you want to pay me, you know, three months later because the coil failed um, and now i got to take the whole thing back apart? You know, how, well, I'm going to pick your poison, uh, right? They're, yeah, they're electronic. Uh, but if you keep the resistance down, it let it allows the coils to work like they were designed. It's no problem supplying the spark plug with the amount of spark it takes to fire the engine. So it saves the coil overworking. It's kind of like changing the uh, cabin air filter. It allows everything to work without the additional stress on it. It's like changing a fuel filter. It allows the fuel pump to work without the additional uh, amperage it takes to turn the pump in order to pump uh, clean fluid through a dirty filter or plug filter. So it's it's excellent point. I mean, it all works together. It all works together. Parker Automotive, Scott, over tell you in a heartbeat. Do a little bit of maintenance all the time. Just a little bit of maintenance all the time. Does that mean go into the uh, auto shop every day? No. It means pay attention and stay on top of it. Follow at minimum your requirements that the owner manual tells you about the maintenance things. When you go in to get an oil change. It's called an oil service. If you take it to a qualified shop like a, a Simmons or a Parker Automotive or automotive specialist, when you go in for an oil change, they're going to do a complimentary check of your vehicle. They're going to put it in writing, give you a copy of it. Then you will know what's going on with it. It'll be written out so you can read it uh, and its recommendations. You don't have to believe us, but we hope that you at least Look at it, and then you think about it, and then with your knowledge, you can Google it or whatever you want to do, and you can find out that, well, maybe I better take a second look at this. If we spot something that's supposed to be uh, it, that maybe it's not bad enough to change right now, or you've got a possible, you got a little oil leak out, but you drive this thing to the grocery store once a week. It's got a little oil seepage come out of a valve cover. One. You need to get those, make you a little budget. They'll give you an estimate, make you a budget, and get that oil leak fixed before it starts dropping down on the other rubber components, on like the motor mounts, uh, transmission mounts, 
spring bushings and rubber spring bushings and stuff like that because that motor oil will start breaking down these seals that's in, inside uh, transmission, anything that's covered, the trans, transmission mount, uh, the engine mounts, most of them are sideways now and the engine mounts, they're no longer $17. They're up to about 95 to 150 now for a motor mount. And so when you, if you let that oil just keep going down and running these mounts and stuff, when you do get ready to fix that, do you say, well, I guess it's time to do it? Nope, it's past time to do it. What you originally got is an estimate for changing those two valve covers that was about six months ago, and you've let it continue to leak on all the rubber mounts. Now, when we check it and we tell you, okay, this is what you've got. This is what you're hearing. This is the clunk. That's a motor mount where all the rubber's been eaten out around it. And now it's motor mount time. And the reason the motor mount come apart is because the oil actually disintegrated the rubber inside that hard rubber mount and disintegrated, and now it's separated. So, you know, it's a, it's a lot more to it than just an oil leak. So if you got an oil leak, just go ahead and get the oil leak. A second you spot it, get it fixed, and you're going to save a lot of money on additional repair. We call it residual repair because you didn't do it. And it'll, it'll save you a lot of money. And you people work, uh, you uh, do-it-yourselfers out on the weekends and stuff. You break your car down on Saturday morning and say, okay, I've got the, I'm going to change oil, the oil. Uh, gaskets on the valve covers you better find those gaskets before you go to pulling stuff apart make sure call merle's down there and see if they've got them merle's has got 10 locations in tucson merlesauto.com go to your website or go to your smartphone or computer but or call one of merle's and they will tell you who's the closest to you and get the part make sure you can get your hands on the part but go buy the doggone part and take it home and make sure you got the right gaskets. They're not just an old cork gasket like we used to see. They got everything on the planet out there now. They got O ring gaskets. They've got flat gaskets. They've got the rubber gaskets. Uh, they've got everything. And make sure that you have, if you have to have additional sealant to put on the gaskets, make sure you know how to use it. We've pulled valve covers apart that you had to hot tank it and use a grinder to get this glue off of it before you could even put another gasket on there so that it would seal. If you want to find out exactly where your oil is coming from off of a motor, Merle sells a die that you can put in your engine oil, and you can drive it for about probably an hour and a half, if, if that, and then you use a black light. I call it a uh, scorpion light that you can buy at Ace Hardware. Maybe Merle's has got it. I haven't checked to see if Merle's has those. But you can buy a black light. The garages have the fancy black lights, the big black lights that go in there and light up the whole bottom side of the car. And you can track the oil. Gravity. Remember gravity. Oil goes from top to bottom. It goes from top to bottom. 
What changes that is when you're going down the freeway at 75 miles an hour and it's blowing oil out of the valve cover gaskets, and then that's when you get it on the rear of the transmission. Uh, your car will probably never rust because you're going to have oil. I've seen oil all the way to where it's dripping off the differential from an oil leak from a valve cover. Now, that is what I call a serious leak. And, yes, the person did have to stop and put oil in it. So, you know, it's 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 okay and I've heard the old argument, well, oil is only about, you know, four dollars a quart, four fifty a quart or something like that now, and get those valve cover changed, you know, that's gonna be about a hundred and fifty bucks. Well, four dollars a quart divided into a hundred and fifty dollars, yeah, you can go through a few quarts of oil before you reach that point, but the difference is you're gonna to have to continue to go through it. Plus, you're going to have to absorb all the additional damage, the residual damage that that oil leak has done on the bottom of that car. And, you know, an oil leak don't always hit the ground and look horrible like sitting in your parking lot. If it does, you've got a major oil leak and you need to have it fixed. That's normally caused by a rear main seal going out or a front seal going out, mostly a rear main seal because it goes out under pressure. Your crankcase does have pressure in it, and it will blow the oil out to the point of least resistance. If you've got synthetic fluid in it and you have an oil leak, you need to get it fixed because that synthetic fluid will pour, and it doesn't have a problem at all going right on out on the ground at about $10 a quart versus $5 a quart or $7 a quart or whatever you're having to pay for engine oil. So you do not want to get into replacing all the motor mounts and transmission mounts plus fixing your leaks. And then by the time we see them, the leaks are so bad, that's the reason I know well about how good this die works because we have to know the source in order to stop the source of the leak because it'll be all over the block. It'll be all over the frame. And we know the frame doesn't have oil on it, so, you know, it has to come from someplace. But... Keeping an engine clean, if you do your own cleaning of your engine at your house, one, don't park it on your concrete driveway. Park it in the gravel. But I like to park it on a concrete driveway, and I like to put newspaper. Just, just, just a couple of Sunday newspapers work really well under there. And if the wind's blowing, put you a board or something on the newspaper to keep it from blowing away. And then you can use a simple green, a spray, a spray, hand spray simple green on the engine block and let it soak. It, it works better if the engine is warm. So warm the engine up, then shut her down, and then hose it down or spray it down good with the simple green. Let it sit on there for a couple of three minutes, and then use uh, that you can use tap water on. Take a hose, run it in there, and just wash the engine down with a hose. You can put your thumb over the end of it or turn a low-pressure spray on it and spray it off and then see where you're at. And if you need to do it again, then spray it down again. Let it sit. Go get your glass of iced tea. Come back and then spray it off again, and that'll keep it clean. By the way, when you're doing that, if you've got excessive dust on your rims coming from the brake drums, just go ahead and do the same process. You can use just straight water on the drums and clean that dust and stuff off, and that'll keep them from squeaking. And, um, and But if you've got an inexpensive brake drum or brake shoe on it, brake shoe, brake pads, if you've got uh, inexpensive brake pads on it, they're a softer material, and you will have brake dust on the drums on your outside of your wheels. Just wash it off, keep it clean, 
and that'll and uh, clean the slides on your calipers, and you should be good to go. But you can do all of that. And while you're in there in the, under the hood, the bugs that we have in Arizona, if you run from here to Phoenix during the summertime, your radiator is going to be almost plugged by the time you get there and back. Use simple green on the outside of the radiator. That's the front end of it. Spray it down real good. Let it soak in for about uh, five minutes, ten minutes. And then go to the inside of the car, point the hose to the front bumper, and go back through the radiator, the AC condenser, and push the bugs back out the way they come in. Because if you do it the other way, the simple green will loosen them up, and then you'll try to push it through to the inside, and it will appear clear if you're just looking at the outside at a glance. But if you look down at the radiator cores, you'll see that all you did was move it back in deeper in the radiator or the condenser. So do a reverse flush, which means from the motor to the front bumper. And don't do that with the engine running. <laughs> By all means, don't do that with the engine running. If you spray in there, you can spray as much as you can possibly get. You can raise the hood, go down to the back side of the AC condenser, which is about two inches away from a radiator, and you should be able to get a spray going back the opposite direction. And then when you look at it, look, squat down and look at it, and if it don't look clean, just repeat the process, and you can clean it out. I have seen so many bugs and weeds and stuff on a, a, a radiator that you could reach in, get a hold of the edge of the debris, and pull it off, and it'd be about three-eighths of an inch thick and look like a blanket that has sucked in and hanging on to the radiator. 18 degrees difference in the runnability of that vehicle by just pulling that cover off the front of the radiator. So it's just one way to try to keep you just a little bit better off, and then if you have a heavy windstorm and then it rains while you're going down a freeway, you can bet your life you're going to have mud inside your uh, AC condenser and your radiator. So when you get home, if you got access to a garden hose, wash that stuff out. Get it out of there while it's still wet and moist and it'll still move around and back flush that sucker out. And then look down at the concrete under it and see how much mud you've got on it. You will be surprised. So... And don't use a high-pressure wand on the front of a radiator. You'll bend the fins. And then you're going to spend about an hour sitting out there with a comb or the little, it's like a comb that they use commercially, and trying to straighten those veins out so that the airflow is proper when it goes back in. That'll keep you uh, temperatures down on the car, give the car uh, the ability to cool itself down because it uses a radiator. It uses the water circulation. Thermostat is super critical. Uh, if you're doing a radiator flush uh, and the thermostats, uh, they are probably one of the hardest. You think a spark plug fires a lot. That thermostat doesn't fire as many times. However, it, it's working all the time. Keep the fluid clean. It, that thermostat don't cost that much money now. If you can see the thermostat housing when you open it up, which you should be able to, go ahead and pull the thermostat. You'll need a gasket and a thermostat. If you buy a thermostat, they used to come with gaskets. 
I've seen them with gaskets. I've seen them without gaskets. So when you're down at Merle's getting a thermostat, tell them exactly what car you've got. They'll know what the degree is. Get a good thermostat and make sure it has a get open the box and make sure it has a gasket in there. If it doesn't, buy another gasket. You don't use an old gasket when you change a thermostat. Radiator caps, check your radiator caps. If you've got a on the old one, they had a little flip top on the top of it, releases the pressure so you don't blow water all over yourself when you open it up. One, don't open a uh a get a radiator cap on an engine that's hot. Don't do it. And if you're going to have to do it, then in order to relieve some of the pressure, leave the engine running, let it circulate, and then when you open it up, but be very careful. You you can't tell by looking if it's actually circulating or not. So it has to the thermostat has to be open. It has to be circulating, and that'll keep the pressure down a little bit. I, I, you know, hey, you got plenty of time. Go in and have two or three glasses of iced tea. Watch a news commercial or something like that. Then go back out when it's cooled down. Reach in and touch the radiator hose to see how top, how hot that top radiator hose is. If it doesn't feel like it's under pressure or it it feels cool to the touch, then you're safe to open the radiator. You're going to may get a little bit of pressure, but you're not going to get enough to put you in the hospital. I have seen guys that had uh, second-class burns that had to go to the hospital that knew better. So it's not like it's, you're going to be the only one that's ever done this. Uh, that's the reason the information is out there on about don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Don't touch a radiator hose. Up top is the most common place that looks like the radiator hose has eaten a frog because that hose has busted internally. And by the way, radiator hoses burst internally. They crack a long time before they come through to the outside. Radiator hoses are designed to be changed at least every four years. And they've come a long way in hose quality. I understand all of that. Four years, people. If it hadn't been changed in four years before you go to New York or Carolina or Virginia or Florida, change your radiator, change your cooling system, transportation hoses, heater hose, both radiator hoses, and make sure that you got the, all of them that transports water, make sure they're changed if you haven't done it in four or five years and you're getting ready to go to Florida or New York and it's in the summertime especially because it creates more heat. If you'll do that on your trips, you'll be a heck of a lot safer and a lot more dependable. Now, for the ones of you that like to carry your little tool kit with you, and you think, okay, now I've got screwdrivers, I've got pliers, I've got adjustable wrenches, and I've got a little hand set of wrenches, and I've got a hand set of Phillips heads, and a hand full of uh, common screwdrivers, and I've got a pair of pliers, and what else do I need? You need black tape. You need a good electrician's black tape, the skinny stuff that'll stick and hard to get off. Because if you do have a small leak in a radiator hose, after the hose cools down and you don't have another one, you can take that black tape and you put about five rounds around that hose. You go about four inches back each side of the crack and then five rounds. And it'll take, I, I carry two big rolls of the electrician's tape, the good stuff. And that's what I put on it. 
and they it works. It's a good temporary repair till you can get to a place where you can get the hose repaired. And I said that to say this. That means you've lost water. Do you have a gallon of antifreeze 50-50 mix in the trunk that you can pour back in there? Do you have a gallon of water sitting in the trunk that you can actually use as radiator water and put it back in to get back on the road? <coughs> because if you're running low on water, you will have an increase in the temperature. And keep in mind, most of the stuff, the sensors are controlled by liquid going across the sensor. If you have so low on water, you don't have anything but steam that's circulating through, it may show your uh, gauge completely normal, and it's not. You'll smell the engine. It'll, things will just start stinking. you say, what in the world is that? That means that you're probably out of water and don't even know it. So, you know, that's the reason you watch for steam coming out. You watch for a steam smell, um, an oil smell coming out from the engine compartment. That's when you get out, you pull over safely off a road at a, at a rest area or something like that, and you take a look. Carry one can of transmission fluid. Carry, if you've got an oil burner that uses a quart per thousand miles, you carry about six quarts with you of the fluid that you actually use in that car. Now, yeah, you're going to carry a little extra load. Your fuel economy may not be 29. It may be 28.9 or 28.8 or something like that because of the extra load. Trust me. It's just like a mechanic and just like a lawyer. It's not worth the crap until you need them and don't have them. Now, that's when the, that's when the rubber meets the road. Got anything you want to add to that, Mr. Jim? <clears throat> I ain't covered a lot there. Um, I know. Work backwards with <laughs> yeah. Work backwards with the, the <laughs> radiator cap. Um, yep. So the radiator cap, uh, it, it's probably the most underserved part uh, cap on the on the vehicle. <clears throat> they it, when they leak and don't hold pressure, your car overheats. I know that sounds crazy, but it works. Uh, yeah, that right. little fifteen, fifteen, twenty dollar cap can go along, can end a lot of overheating issues just by changing the cap. And I know it sounds crazy, but they they get hot and wear out. That seal breaks down, and you know you you might think you got a good cap and you got a junky cap. I've done that. I bought OEM caps and they didn't work at all. So, it, so checking that radiator cap while it's cool. <laughs> is really really critical because if it's gonna because if it don't hold the pressure the system doesn't work it just like the, the engineers understood that there's a certain pressure and a certain flow and and this cap has to be in the closed system and if it that's it's just like a hose leaking it it it, it will not your system will overheat guaranteed so um <clears throat> and if um if you're um uh, cleaning out your uh, degreasing your car, and you don't want to do it at, at your house. You want to go to the car wash, and all they got is the is the high pressure hose. Just take a lot of care. Um, when you spray the high pressure hose um, against the connectors, um, and you get water in them, you're, the likelihood of you having a, a increased resistance in the connectors is very high. So, and getting in, mm -hmm. in and around the computer. Getting cutting cutting vacuum lines, 
Um, it's so easy to do, so take a lot of care if you're going to get in there with a pressure hose and, and, and get your oil cleaned off. And Jerry's right. It doesn't Don't just stay spray. on the motor. Go ahead. That's right. Don't use a direct. The car washes have anywhere from 1,300 to 1,700 PSI on their wands. If you take the seals on these wiring looms, going into the firewall, your major connections, are designed to keep water slosh, like when you hit a mud hole. It's designed to keep the water slosh from going in. If you hit them with 1,300 or 1,700 PSI, it bypasses, it shoots it past the seal that's only designed to handle water that splashes up against it. It gets in. The seals are so tight, it won't allow the water to come back out. So that's the little cancer, and that's when you pull them apart and they've got little green leaves and stuff going in them. That's the problem. It, it won't necessarily happen when you drive away from a car wash. Trust me, it will happen probably within about six months because everything's going to be turning green in there, and you start having intermittent running problems. And so when we see uh, vehicles come into shop and the engine looks clean enough to eat off of it, uh, we pay attention to the seals around to see if they look like they've been beat up and how clean the seals are going into that. The proper way to clean them is with the uh, degreaser. Use the simple green, spray them on the seals if you want to wash it off, and then use water hose pressure with no spray. Just go in there and wash it down like pouring a cup of water over it. And that's how you clean those off. The people who detail and have these hot rods know that. Trust me, they know it already. And they may have found out the hard way, but they know that you can't use a pressure wand on a wiring loom. Stay away from the top of the distributor if you still have a single distributor on it. Stay away from the electronic distributors that's sitting on top of the spark plugs. Do the engine block only. If you have to use a piece of cardboard to protect the stuff, do it. And by the way, if you're in a car wash and you pull in and, and you spray the top of the distributor on it, oh, it's all pretty, and then you get ready to start up, it won't start. That's what WD-40 is. You open the cap, you spray it down with WD-40, you can wipe it out, or you can just give it a few minutes, and it'll be fine. And then it'll make contact, and it'll start firing again like it's supposed to. That's what we used to have to do on the old-timer cars. People didn't know what they were doing when they were doing this. And if you do that, then you'll be able to drive away the same way you drove in. I know a lot of your uh, uh, classic cars, we have a tendency to hand wash them at the house. And we hand wash them for a reason, because we take it in, we may get wild and crazy with a spray wand or something like that. And then first thing you know, you're out there with your your WD-40 that you forgot to bring with you and you're trying to figure out how to fire that thing up and dry it out to get it where you can get back to the house. So it's not that I've ever done that now. So, but I'm a, I'm a I'm a senior citizen. I've did it more than once. Trust me. The information that we're putting out on this radio is absolutely probably about mm, 99.9% of either it's already happened to me and I know exactly what I'm talking about, or I have studied it so much, I know that if I do it, it will happen to me. And so I'm just passing it on. We use this program as an education for the public. 
you know, we're not, you don't have to believe us. You know, we're not asking you to believe us 100%. We're trying to get your attention so that you will check us out. I mean, check us out as far as the information that we're spewing out there. Because, trust me, ESPM does not know as much about an automobile as we do. And so we're trying to get this information to you to save you a lot of out-of-pocket money. The money that you get is already being spent. Well, we won't get into the tax structure. We'll just say that you're already spending enough money without having to do that. And the other thing I want to bring up to you while, I'm, while it's in my head, when you buy an automobile and they say, all right, you have a guarantee on it. Yeah, what's the guarantee? Oh, it's 60,000 miles. You look at that again, and you will find that, yeah, there are some components on it that go 60,000 miles. Like my diesel, it's a transmission and engine. However, the rest of the stuff has three-year, 36,000 miles on it. There are a couple exceptions on the market. One, I think, is still the Hyundai or Honda, Hyundai uh, or Kia that has 100,000 miles bumper to bumper. Now, that means everything's covered under warranty for 100,000 miles. But when Kia first come out, they needed to put a 100,000-mile warranty on them because the dead burn things wouldn't run worth a crap. Then they went from one of the worst vehicles manufactured to one of the best vehicles manufactured. So things change. But when you've got a warranty on your car, you know exactly what's covered on it. You know if it's a 36-month, you know if it's a 60-month. And then they're going to say, well, you know, we can. I say, what about 100,000 miles? Well, that's extra. My extra on my 100,000 miles on my diesel was $3,400 from 60,000 to 100,000. But I take care of it, but I also know that stuff happens. And so I will probably never see a dime worth of that $3,400 because I'm planning on maintaining that son of a gun to the nth degree. If I maintain it to the nth degree and a motor goes out or transmission goes out or transfer case goes out, it is covered for 100,000 miles. Even on my Odyssey I just bought, 2012. I bought it from Lens Auto Brokers. By the way, lensautobrokerage.com and desertrv.com, and that'll put you right into a good negotiable website, and you can find out more about them. You can also look at the inventory. That's how I spotted the Odyssey. But I bought a $2,000 extra on a 112,000-mile vehicle because the engine, the transmission, and the twin air conditioning will take up that 2000 if any one of them quit. And it's for another six years on it with 112,000 miles on it. So was it worth the investment to me? Heck yeah, because I know what it costs to get these things fixed. And it's a piece of equipment. There's nothing saying that something can't go wrong with the motor with me doing everything in the world to protect it. So the rest I'll have done at Simmons. Parker Automotive, 5101 East Speedway, 520-323-1960, another full-service independent garage in Tucson, Arizona, that I highly recommend. They do everything from air conditioning, oil changes, front-end alignments, uh, uh, regular maintenance, preventive maintenance, uh, brakes, transmissions, engines, differentials. They do it all just like Automotive Specialist, AZ.com. Parker Auto, AZ.com, 5101 East Speedway, 
And then we got Brian Fuller's place over on the west side. Brian's place is 3611 West Ina Road, Suite 101. It's Meredith and Ina in the Bookman's Plaza. Uh, Brian's phone number, business phone, is 520-572-1734. Brian's cell number is 520-237-3852. That's Mr. Test First, Don't Guess. You don't have to believe me. Look him up. Google it. Test First, Don't Guess, and you'll find Brian Fuller on it. AutomotiveSpecialistAZ.com, excellent website. Visit the website. Find out more about him if you're over on the far west off of Ina Road. Excellent place. So, And then you've got Simmons 4 before and Simmons Drive Shaft Specialist at Ajo and Country Club. I'm the old guy out of the three. And we've been there for 47 years. We've been doing drive shafts for 47 years. I have one of the most sophisticated drive shaft repair and modification shops in the state of Arizona. We can balance a 25-foot drive shaft, three-piece drive shaft out of a box truck. And I'm the only one, I think, in Arizona that actually does that. But uh, we can we can balance it like the manufacturer did. We can also do aluminum shafts. We can do steel shafts. We can go from aluminum shaft to a steel shaft. We can go from a steel shaft to an aluminum shaft. We've got adapter U-joints from Chevys to Dodges and Fords. We can do just about anything that has to do with drive shafts. Some of the drive shafts they're putting out on the market now, they claim they're not even serviceable. We've seen them come through the shop. There is no option. You have to buy a brand new one. That's very rare because I've also seen them cut the ends off of them, put ends back on them that had serviceable U-joints in them, and modify them so that the guy can, and now he can quit worrying about his drive shaft just as long as you keep it lubed. Of course, that's one more lube point that you have to do. And by the way, people, when you go in and have a, a, a oil change at a place, if you've got a four-wheel drive, you make sure that they lube the drive shaft on it. If it's serviceable and the CV shafts up front are serviceable, they've got a little flat greaser inside the front of the CV. And as long as you keep that little little zert pushed, yeah, you'll probably have to wipe it off to find it. But it takes a special little, it's called a needle valve that goes on the end of a grease gun. You put it in there and you lube that. As long as you keep that thing lubed, you probably won't have to spend $165 on it to get it pulled out or to if you bring it in and have it replaced. Yes, we can do those. We do those all week long. And it's because we try to tell everybody that comes in, you've got to lube it. The grease U-joints we put in them are lubable, but they need to be lubed at least once every six months. And if you don't, they will come out, they will come back, and we will tell you, did you lube it? He'll say, no, I forgot to do that. Sorry. There you go with another $165 to rebuild everything again. If it has grease in it and if, if it has a grease cert on it, when you put a new U-joint in a drive shaft and it has a grease cert on it, the grease that they have in there is like a Cosmoline. It is not designed for running. It's designed to keep the stuff from rusting up. So when you do, go ahead and put a couple of squirts of grease in it on a brand new U-joint. Make sure the U-joint is centered in the yoke and it moves freely, and then you should be good to go. And try not to rip it out at the next mud bog or drag strip. So you can you can do that 
And Simmons opens at 7 o'clock on uh, weekdays and closes at 5. Um, and we only do it Monday through Friday. I want my technicians off for the weekend so they can be rested when they show back up. Automotive specialists can't say enough good about those. They're, they're absolutely, they treat your customers well. They do excellent work over there. Brian's an excellent technician. He's got the big, <coughs> excuse, front end alignment machine like Parker has, like Simmons has. We can align anything with four wheels on it, whether it be independence, whether it be electric, whether it be four by fours with lift kits on them. You know, that stuff is a lot harder. But if you don't have the equipment, it's almost impossible. So, you know, we do that. Uh, Parker does it. Brian Fuller does it. And I can speak well about that for them. So Tucson Rodeo is coming in. The parade's on the 23rd. That means you're going to have increase in traffic. So you still got to drive like you're supposed to. And you just you have to be careful. And everything that Jim discussed on the first hour and the second hour about driving habits, the way you drive, you need to be a full-time driver. I will tell you that. You need to be a full-time driver. That dead burn phone goes off, and it's a text message. The average length of response on a text message is 13 minutes. 13 minutes, you can definitely find some place to pull off and get out of the traffic and quit moving back and forth in this heavy traffic that we have in Tucson now with the winter visitors and the people who are not used to our roads and don't know where everything is. Uh, that That's the reason you've got to be a full-time driver. It's like being a driver on a racetrack. You better have your head out of your rear end. How many NASCAR drivers do you know that text at 200 miles an hour? How many are 45 mile an hour or 50 mile an hour on the line? Some of them act like it, but uh, they don't. Trust me. You know, they, they, they pay attention. All right, Jim, we're down to one minute, big guy. What you got for parting? Oh, well, it was, um, um, you're right. The road is coming into town, and the uh, yeah. Well, no, I was I was thinking about. I had thought about something else. But the rodeo is coming in, folks. If it's the rodeo parades on Thursday, um, do yourself a favor, stay away from the the park in Ajo area, and uh, just because it's uh, for a couple four three or four hours, it'll be just make your life a lot easier. Other than that, Jerry. As always, a pleasure to be on with you. Uh, very informative for me today. I always learn something when I'm on the show with you, Jerry, and I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. You're more than welcome, buddy. And to the rest of you out there, drive safe this week. Don't get the wiper blades. It's supposed to rain this week. And turn your lights on and check your lights, and let's see if we can keep it a little safer out there for everybody, you included. Till next week, God bless. Bye-bye.